KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, July 6th, an increase in travel despite the Delta variant. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. A brush fire in Santa Isabel along State Route 79 is now 90 percent contained. It started up Saturday morning when it was reported that a motorhome caught fire before it spread into nearby brush. It hasn't burned any additional acres since yesterday, leaving it at 173 acres burned. It forced some evacuations in the area, but Cal Fire says no additional structures have been damaged. The San Diego Humane Society says it's recovered 80 stray animals since July 4th. That includes 56 dogs. The Humane Society says many likely ran away from their homes during the 4th of July fireworks celebrations. Anyone who lost a pet is advised to check Humane Society's Lost and Found page on their website. If you find a stray pet, check for a tag and try to locate the owner first. Fourteen more San Diego libraries are scheduled to reopen for in-person services today after being closed due to the pandemic. The branches will be limited to 50 percent capacity. Some in-person programs will be available at select locations, while virtual programs will continue on the San Diego Public Library's Virtual Hub Facebook page. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. The July 4th weekend was among the busiest travel weekends since the pandemic began. And it comes with some concern as the state's COVID-19 positivity rate has suddenly doubled. The new Delta variant may be the reason why, but as KPBS's Melissa May tells us, travelers in San Diego were not overly worried. The July 4th weekend marked a significant jump in visitors streaming through the San Diego International Airport. Travelers KPBS spoke to said they felt safe, even with the news of the Delta variant becoming the dominant strain in California. The CDC calls it hyper-transmissible. Desiree and John Cummins are residents of Virginia, who came to San Diego for the holiday weekend to celebrate the 4th with family. I feel very comfortable. My experience with all the other travelers, everyone's just so excited to be out and to get to go and see family and have experiences outside of the house that everyone's just excited to be out. Mask enforcement and social distancing in airports and on airplanes are enforced through September 13th, regardless of vaccination status. And that was KPBS's Melissa May. (music) 
Dozens of volunteers gathered at beaches across the county to pick up trash and beach litter following the weekend celebration. KPBS's Alexander Ronhell has more from Mission Beach. As you can see, we got about eight pounds here. 80 pounds and counting. That's how much weight and trash volunteers had picked up by 10 a.m. Monday morning. I Love a Clean San Diego partnered with the county Surf Rider Foundation to lead the cleanup efforts at San Diego beaches. Over 50 volunteers came out to help in Mission Beach. Drop that right on top. Perfect. Volunteers are given a pair of gloves and a trash bag to help pick up trash. They're looking for any type of trash, both big and small. Here as we're walking down the beach, we can already see some pieces of wood and plastic here with this dental floss. Everything from plastic cups to cooking utensils and plastic inflatables were left behind by beachgoers. Nick. Nicholas Kennedy, the community coordinator for Isle of a Clean San Diego, explained the importance of caring for our environment. A lot of stuff can get left behind and that stuff has a direct nexus to the ocean here. It's not just um, important to clean up in your neighborhood for things that can flow downstream, but in this case a high tide or some winds or um, birds coming after trash cans can easily take trash and put it right into the Pacific Ocean. Picking up trash on July 5th has become an annual tradition for Julia Thomas and her mom. I like go to the beach here and I you know spend my time here so I know that other people spend their time here and I want other people to feel safe and have a good time when they're out here. This year, they found a lot of cigarette butts. This year, weirdly, a lot of diapers for some reason. That's been very interesting. While some stick to the sand and the grass area. We like to go to the parking lots just because a lot of people, I mean, people in their cars eating food and a lot of the trash ends up in the parking lots and I don't think it gets as much attention. To keep things on the safe side, this year's cleanup was hosted virtually. We developed an online tool, a really awesome resource that people could use so that they could do a cleanup around their neighborhood. Kennedy says efforts to clean up local beaches continue throughout the year. Those who would like to get involved can visit cleansd.org. And that story from KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell. Voters passed a $10 million bond measure to build a high-speed rail between Los Angeles and San Francisco, with intention of eventually connecting to San Diego. But the project has been steeped in problems. KQED Politics editor Scott Schaefer reports on the growing doubts about the plan. In the 13 years since voters approved Proposition 1A, the high-speed rail project has been mired in lawsuits, local opposition, mismanagement, and massive cost overruns. The record $263 billion state budget approved this week by the state legislature left out $4 billion requested by Governor Gavin Newsom to finish building the segment between Merced and Bakersfield. State Senator Steve Glazer from the East Bay, who once supported high-speed rail, says it's time to face reality. We had a good vision. It's just not going to come to fruition. A recent poll conducted for Assembly Democrats shows voters evenly split between continuing and stopping the project. Glazer worries that if voters lose faith that government can complete major projects like this, that they might be less willing to approve other bond measures. When you have a project that could be a colossal failure, it's going to erode all those other things that we would like to see the voters invest in, whether that's uh, highways and bridges 
and school buildings and universities. It's unclear whether the trillion-dollar infrastructure deal announced by President Biden last week will help fund high-speed rail, and without an infusion of state money requested by the governor, the project looks more in doubt than ever. And that was KQED Politics editor Scott Schaefer. California lawmakers have approved a state budget that includes record funding for education. The plan expands financial aid for college students, and it gives every four-year-old access to transitional kindergarten. The California Report's Vanessa Rancano has the story. Only about a third of young Californians can get in on the early kindergarten program right now. The budget deal makes the extra year of learning universal by the 2025 school year. Patricia Lozano is the executive director of Early Edge California, a nonprofit that advocates for early learning. She applauded the plan when Governor Newsom announced it this spring. We know based on research that investing early will help kids to, you know, graduate high school, get better jobs. So it just puts you on the right track. The deal also phases in another 200,000 childcare slots for low-income families and makes free school meals available to all students. At the college level, students will see more financial aid for non-tuition costs like food and housing. And 133,000 more community college students will now be eligible for Cal Grants. Marlene Garcia, the executive director of the California Student Aid Commission, advocated for the change. This is really historic, and it really sends a message to students that you can afford to pay for college, and you can do that without taking out crippling loan debt. And that reporting from Vanessa Rancano with the California Report. Coming up... A lot of times we become toxic simply because... We're so stuck in this mindset of being, hey, army, 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 and we forget that they're human. The army is trying to grow a new generation of leaders who are more open and compassionate. We'll have that story next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. At Fort Hood, Texas, the Army is trying to grow a new generation of leaders who are more open and compassionate. After Vanessa Guillen was killed on the base last year by a fellow soldier, her family said their daughter was afraid to report to her superiors that she was being sexually harassed. Carson Frame reports for the American Homefront Project. When 28-year-old Ebony Rice became an Army drill sergeant a few years ago, she adopted the leadership style that you probably associate with the job loud, demanding, hyper-focused on making sure recruits followed the rules and worked as a team. The environment that we're in, we have to have that demeanor where we're, we're tough and we're hard on them. You get what I'm saying? But then Rice got a wake-up call. One of her recruits was being sexually preyed upon by another soldier, but didn't feel safe telling Rice about it. The offender at the time was close to me. And they felt like they could not come to me because they felt like I would have taken that person's side. Rice took a hard look at her own behavior and the kind of relationship she had with her soldiers. So going forward, I had to make sure I made it clear, hey, 
I care more about making sure that you all are in a safe environment. I am not going to defend my battle buddy when they're doing something wrong to you. Now Rice is taking part in a program called Strong Sergeants that aims to help people like her develop a hands-on, compassionate approach with more positive communication. It also tries to give junior enlisted soldiers a baseline for what good leadership looks like. General Ronald Reagan heads the 13th Expeditionary Sustainment Command, seated at Fort Hood. He came up with the idea. I think our army over the last 20 years was busy. And we were, we were busy fighting multiple wars in multiple locations. And um, I think that led us to take our eye off of the most important thing to us is, is our people. Since the death of Specialist Vanessa Guillen last year, a key to the Army's internal reform efforts has been eliminating what it calls toxic leadership. An independent review found that the base fostered a leadership environment that allowed for sexual harassment, assault, and violence to go unchecked. That was a big motivator for Reagan. His program includes a crash course on how to respond to sexual misconduct and identify red flags. The problem is a lot of times that leaders might not know that there is an issue. You know, it's it's to me, it's really about leaders being engaged and leaders taking action, right, and holding each other accountable um, to what our baseline and our standards are. As part of the program, a group of soon-to-be sergeants has been doing exercises to foster open communication, train them to react to stress, and maintain a respectful environment. Army leaders say that can lessen the risk of harassment and abuse, but also pay dividends on the battlefield. In this exercise, the group had to root out a terrorist in a make-believe city. During the exercise, one leader forgot to tell his squad about the number of enemy troops and their position. Sergeant Rice, their mentor, stepped in to urge the others to help. If you see him forgetting, what could you do? I could have called it out. Especially if it's going to help save you, right? Right, okay. 18-year-old Private Second Class Jeremiah Harvey took part in the training and hopes to move up in the Army. He says programs like this have improved the environment at Fort Hood. I think the soldiers have more, more of a voice now. I feel like this um, Sergeant Tom training is actually definitely helping. And Rice says she's seen a change in herself and other leaders. You see more of um, those good leaders actually calling out, hey, maybe you shouldn't talk to the soldiers like this. Maybe we should ask them how they feel. A lot of times we become toxic simply because we're so stuck in this mindset of being, hey, Army, 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 and we forget that they're human. An Army task force is studying the Strong Sergeants program, but military leaders haven't yet decided if it should be expanded to other bases. And that was Carson Frame reporting from San Antonio. This story was produced by the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.